Welcome to the Heart Rate Variability Podcast, where we explore the exciting science behind heart rate variability. The material discussed in this podcast should not be taken as medical advice. Please check with your medical provider to make sure any suggestions or strategies are right for you. Visit us at the OptimalHRV.com website to learn more about the Optimal HRV app, download a free copy of Matt's book, Heart Rate Variability, and also get show notes and additional resources around heart rate variability and its applications. One. Hello, everybody, and welcome again to another episode of the Heart Rate Variability Podcast. Uh, Jeff Summers here back with uh, Matt Bennett. How are you, sir? Hey, Jeff. Thanks for holding down the fort the last couple of weeks. Uh, yeah, let me go on vacation. vacation without a podcast recording. Highly, uh, highly appreciated. And I tell you what, it's uh, it's really fun to listen to episodes of this podcast that I'm not on. So uh, uh, you, 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 you did us well over the last couple of weeks, and I'm really excited uh, uh, to get back on the show and uh, talk to a guest today who shares uh, my passion uh, uh, for some of this work in education. So uh, it's a great episode to get back in the mix on. Yeah, well, you know, you're, you missed all of two, I think, for the entire uh, <laughs> series of 100 or however many there are now. So, uh, you know, I think that's well-deserved. Well, after the last episode, if people didn't listen, if you saw, well, I don't care about heart rate variability in dentistry, and you're like, yeah, who cares? Uh, go listen to that episode. Uh, I uh, have been to the dentist, I'll disclose, in a couple of years, I'm going to uh, uh, make an appointment with the uh, good doc, uh, Dr. Turner, I believe was her name. Yeah. Um, exactly. Holy heck. So uh, if you skip that episode, go back, listen. Um, I learned so much uh, with it. So, and I, I've got a new dentist if she's taking new patients, because uh, yes. I'm well overdue, so. That's time. That's right. Well, and, and excited to have you back, but also very, very excited to have another guest on the, the podcast, as you said, doing some really, really cool work. So, um, John, thank you for joining. We, uh, we My pleasure. We, we, we're, we're very excited to have you, as you know, as we mentioned, really excited to tell your story, let people, people know what you're doing, some really phenomenal work with some kids that need you. So, um, yeah, maybe if you don't mind, start just, just with a, an introduction, a little bit about your backgrounds, um, you know, kind of give us a, a little bit of background here so that the audience kind of knows where you came from before learning about what you're doing now. Okay, well, I got here uh, through kind of a winding path. I guess that happens a lot in life. And sure uh, for, for about 50 years, I was involved in the automotive industry. As a young person, I worked as a mechanic and later on be, uh, got into management, uh, went into the Navy, finished the Navy uh, a tour and, and during the Vietnam era and um, ended up with the GI uh, Bill going to college and I got a, a degree in uh, business administration and, and then ended up in management um, in, the, in the technology. It took more courses, always, always learning. I'm a lifelong learner. And um, so did that up until four years ago. Now, how I got involved in education really is through my wife, Peggy. Peggy was, has been in um, administration the whole time we've been married, just about. And um, she started right after our sons 
actually she became interested in the public school system when my sons were in school and so she was you know the mom the party and all the stuff and and then eventually started working there she had a, a career prior in the in the uh, mortgage business she worked for a a, a bank that was uh, as a as a, a mortgage um, uh, document type person she was actually a, a vice president at the michigan national bank i was i was hoping she could support the family but it turned out <laughs> she, she uh yeah she 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 made me you know continue to work so uh, uh <laughs> anyway uh it 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 uh it uh Turns out that during that time, I met a lot of really interesting people that were in, were in education because it seems like our, our our network of friends were all part of the school district, you know, as as life went on, and and um, um, also another big factor is that when I met Peggy, she comes keeps coming back in the story, so she's a pretty important person here, but uh, it, um, it, the um, when I met Peggy. Peggy had had a, had a brother, and when I say brother, he's he's a uh, past, but he um, he was uh, impacted um, by uh, a um, type of epilepsy that left him with brain damage, and so he was a special needs person. And Peggy made it clear that if we were going to get married, that Jeff was coming along with us. You know that it, it was her obligation to take care of her brother, so. Our house was modified for, you know, handicap access to all those things, and and we spent time working with the uh, various agencies that worked with him. Eventually, it got to the point where he had to go to group home. He did, and so we assisted there to group home and work with that population for a number of years. And and uh, when I retired from uh, the automotive industry with uh, Ford, it was. Um, an opening, there, there were some openings that were coming up in, in um, the uh, school district as a paraeducator in special ed working with a population from 18 to 26. I thought that'd be perfect for me. That's something I really wanted to do. It's a passion. I, I, I was so impressed working with these vehicles, with these uh, individuals. I'm sorry, I'm mixing up vehicles and individuals. But I mean, it's, no, it's not. <laughs> <laughs> so anyway, the, the, um, the, um, uh, uh, I, I, I was just drawn, drawn to working with them. Very, very impressive. Um, so resilient, such, such more than, more than the, I, I gained more than the help that I, that I, that I gave them. I learned from them. And, and um, so I wanted to work with that population. It just turned out that a, that a job came up and I applied for it and I got it. So that I interviewed and um, before before I retired, I had that job. And um, actually there was a, on the uh, committee that interviewed me, that uh, there was a, a student on it and, and, and uh, he was highly impacted by autism. And, uh, and uh, he wanted to make sure that I was available in the evenings for the, um, for the uh, special events that they had. And, uh, and I said, yes, absolutely. <laughs> so, uh, and he said, okay, I think, I think, I think you'll be fine then. Uh, That's great. But yeah, is it true? And, and, and so um, anyway, I got there 
we started and I was, it was so great. And I, and, and the first, the first um, uh, PD that, that I was sent to was uh, put on by a person, Jessica Minahan, who works with HRV. She's a behavioral specialist. And so she, I looked at these, at the uh, waveforms and how she was saying that she could, that anxiety is, is, is the root really of a lot of behaviors mm-hmm. and most, most behaviors. And it's a language, it's, a, it's, it's almost the um, children are speaking out and um, they're, they're not, they don't have the, the um, social skills to interact. And, and, and so, this, so with, with behaviors is their method of communication. And, sure. and how heart rate variability can help um, that m- almost more than anything. So I just saw that. I saw those waveforms, um, electromagnetic fields. I'm so used to that. I've been working with it for many, many years. And it all looked like, oh my gosh. And- uh, This makes sense. Yeah. And so I got into it, you know, I, I got into it with, jumped in with both feet, you know, I mean, and, and uh, so took courses and got certification, went, went, went through a uh, trauma-informed course and, awesome. and some other things, BCIA, um, uh, biofeedback technician training, and, and that's, that's where I um, uh, came in contact with uh, Ina Karzan mm-hmm. and uh, her, her work was um, was a big part of that program with uh, uh, BCIA, and um, so here we are. You know, um, here we are. I used the tool with that population, eighteen to twenty-six. I used the tool. I can tell you one individual, very aggressive young man, um, uh, trauma, um, uh, some some kind of trauma in his life. I it's not really important what it was specifically because sure. it's, 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 it's just not important. You know, that's, it's, it's, it, because we, don't, we, don't, we can't get rid of the trauma. We can give you the tools to deal with it, the, 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 the tools to process it and, sure. and live with it, to go on. And um, HR, HRV can, can do that. So I, he, would, he would get into these violent rages and, and, and uh, I was, allowed to and it was so wonderful to be able to work with him and basically I was the only one allowed in the room and pretty much I mean he really was a was a violent guy and uh, but we would we would start breathing and we'd calm down and it was just amazing absolutely amazing and and his his demeanor changed and and um, it, it was just remarkable so um, I was feeling pretty good about my decision to, to, to do the work, to learn HRV, to learn about HRV, to, to work with this population. Well, then COVID hit. And one of the things, one of the things that we did was, was take the students out to places of business to give them occupational, uh, training. Great. So maybe, maybe we have a student who could learn how to bag groceries or, work in a pet store, stocking shelves, or, or who knows, it sure. could be an accountant. I mean, some, yeah, exactly. some, some, uh, some uh, uh, people that are impacted with autism have some, I mean, 
cognitive ability is there. Yeah. It's just accessing it. Sure. That's the difficulty. So uh, that's where the, the whole, you know, the whole is a roadblock, so to speak. And um, so, um, wow, the, our, pop, our student population decreased and I didn't have much seniority, so I got displaced. Hmm. So I ended up with K through two, K through two. Big, right? The other end of the <laughs> Yeah, no kidding. Could be more different. <laughs> yeah. And I'm so, oh my That's gosh. Sure. I said, K through two. Uh, <laughs> what am I going to do? That was Peggy's job. I didn't know her. I don't know anybody. And uh, so, um, you're anyway. about to find out. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And uh, um, I mean, that's, that's, that's like diapers and stuff even sometimes. Yeah. So, oh, sure. uh, but actually we had it with the 18 to 26 too. Yeah. That was, um, yeah. <laughs> so, I changed some was, of those in my career as well. Uh, not, not highlights nor details will I give, but uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, um, so anyway, I got there and these children It struck me, they do not have to end up like the kids in the transition center at 26. Mm -hmm. It doesn't have to be that way. Yeah. We have an opportunity right now to change their life, to really make a change. And it's something so simple as the introduction to HRV. Now there's so it it there's so many possibilities with HRV. I mean, there's so many things you when when you hear what I'm doing with it, you'll probably say, well, uh, you know, that's not what our tools for, or or or, or it's a it's a it's a different way to look at it. That's maybe. it. I don't no, know. Maybe it's, not. It's the beauty, but, but not at all. I mean, but, what you're doing is exactly what Matt. And I'm, I'm putting words in your mouth here, but this is exactly the. The kind of impact we hoped with optimal and using you know hrv tracking biofeedback all of the, all of those tools to not only know what it looks like but also make it better for populations that don't often have access to it so yeah and, and my my lesson and i'm hearing this in your voice too is like with neurodiverse populations you know i, I think historically is there's something wrong with them because they're not succeeding in our environment. So uh, just for our listeners, I ran a school uh, for, for the similar population. Uh, usually our students were too violent for the public school system. So we were in some ways their last hope uh, before they got institutionalized, potentially for a lifetime. Like it was a, a very, you know, that, that was sort of our baseline student. And you know, well, I didn't have heart rate variability at the time, but I just saw that, you know, if we could find the right mix of interventions, uh, and it was so unique to each individual, which I found just like, it's still been my favorite population to work with uh, in my 25 plus year career now. And, you know, I didn't have heart rate variability as a tool to say, okay, does this occupational therapy intervention, does a bouncy chair work, does brushing work, uh, does, you know, quiet and noise canceling headphones work? Because what, you know, would work for one student might get our butts kicked with another one because it'd be triggering uh, for them. And so that's why I was so excited to connect with you because, 
Um, I, I think that this is a, a population that often gets ignored. Um, and as you're saying, once they hit the 18 to 21 year old kind of piece, sometimes their behaviors put us in a bind where how do we keep them safe moving into adulthood? And, and so I'd love for you to continue with the, the younger uh, kids. Cause that's, that's my <laughs> hope as well as, you know, if we can craft our environment to their neuro needs, whether that's traumatic brain injury, whether that's uh, genetic, whether that's, you know, developmental trauma or a mix of all three of those, uh, these folks can, you know, contribute in ways that uh, I, I think are remarkable. I agree with you 100%. And actually, your your um, your book, the book that you co-authored, uh, uh, I don't know if I'm supposed to mention that or not. Oh, please it's, do. Oh, you, oh, you can spend that. as much time as you want talking about <laughs> right. the book. <laughs> that, that book, that book uh, shows your dedication, your enthusiasm, uh, the way you look at, at education. And it's one, it's a book. Every time I pick it up, I, I learn something from. It's one of my treasured, really, it's one of my treasured research. I just pick it up. I have it right here. And, and, and it, 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 it's really exactly what I'm doing, a trauma-sensitive school. Yeah. Right? That, it's, it, this is it. And, 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 and it's so helpful. Anyway, thank you. Um, it's a beautiful, it's a beautiful book. It's really well done. So and I'll just give a shout out to my wife, Sarah, too. So uh, yes, uh, I got, uh, I have that educator in the house as well. So uh, yeah, I'll, I'll throw her name out. Peggy and Sarah. So <laughs> Okay. <laughs> uh, all right. So, so in, in, uh, in our, in our work, with um, children, uh, children uh, on the uh, spectrum. Um, so, behaviors. We we have we have behaviors. We have uh, children that just put their head down and go into a shell, and 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 we have children that um, jump up and start climbing on the bookshelves and just climbing up. Why do they do these things? And so what, what do we do normally? Well, we tell them to come down, then we raise our voices, um, and, and then we take them to a sensory room maybe, and, yeah. and, or, 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 um, or put them in the blue room to, to take a break or while the academics is going on. But what are they telling us? Maybe they're telling us that the way we're presenting the academics mm -hmm is they're they're not seeing it they're they're not and and they they feel there's something wrong with them and they really just want out of there they just want they and and they know that that kind of behavior will bring attention it'll get you attention right away you don't have to wait at all it just boom and so um and so we spend time doing that the rest of the class, of course, they they lose the academic thing. They're watching what's going on. All this, you got people chasing the, and and then more kids get fired up and and the whole thing. So, okay. Or we can try these. We can, the way I the way I look at um, 
autism, there's, um, there's an intersection between autism and trauma. Mm -hmm. Because an autistic child um, could have a litany of traumas. I mean, so many things can be traumatic. Mm -hmm. So many si situations could have occurred at home. A disabled child sometimes, I mean, it's very hard for a household to handle that mm -hmm. situation. And um, sometimes there's more than one child and it, and it just can be, the, the trauma can occur there, no question about it. Um, so that, that being said, what's the condition of their autonomic nervous system, their ANS, where is it? My gosh, do they even have access to their cognitive? Maybe not, maybe not. Actually, they, it doesn't take long to find out if they do or not. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, so, so you, you, uh, for, for, so what do I do? I get the, uh, I get the unit out and we, um, we test a certain presentation on a student to see how it, to see how the, how this, how the student reacts. And if, for example, we see that um, low frequency rampant up and up and up to a to a hyper state. Then that's a stress response. So this this assignment or this worksheet is triggering a stress response in that child, and that can be the that can also be the same for a book. It could be a book that talks about going out with dad on a, for a day at the beach or whatever, and something happened with dad and some, and, and that, and that thing just ramps up. They're gone for the day, at least at that point, mm -hmm. um, when, when that, you know, you get these big numbers, 140,000 and, and all the, you know, on, on the, on the, on the LF. And so you, but okay gives me an opportunity to stop. I stop, re-present re, uh, it, change the book, the next book. You, you, I still have the, the uh, armband on. Yep, sir. Yep. Uh, you got your tablet there and you're watching and it comes down. Awesome. It comes down, yeah. And now the next book, we read it, their cognitive is working, it's engaged. What happens? We question back, well, how about, so what happened? Where did, where did they go? They went to the zoo, okay. And, and, and what animal did they see? Oh, the giraffe, and what was that like? And they come to conversation now. Mm -hmm. they're, they're, they're able to communicate. None of this could have happened if we just, because that other scenario I told you about, about climbing the filing right. cabin there, yep. that's what would have happened. Yep. But it didn't happen. Yeah. So and, why? And, you know, John, why? if I could just like, I, I think I would love to kind of ask a, a quick follow-up to that too, is sure. one of the things that the population uh, that, that, that we're discussing taught me uh, was 
like that that dysregulation the environment stimulus and environment not chosen behaviors a lot of times and what i loved about them is you knew the behavior was happening like there was no passive aggressiveness there was no eh, this person just say you know nope they're climbing up a bookshelf or throwing the books at me like there's such a visceral level of feedback and i love how you're using heart rate variability to sort of track like okay the differences between the material because here we go right there's there's something in this book and you may not even have identified exactly what that variable is but it gives you just such a level of insight is something's triggering an unconscious stress response it's not a chosen behavior if we punish the heck out of it it's not going to extinguish the behavior and i just wanted to make the the quick point is you know, this can show up in our team meetings in the corporate environment. This can show up at the Oscars. This can, you know, you know, while the behaviors might not be as obvious, what really taught me from this population is that the impact of the environment in these variables on that unconscious part of our nervous system, which shows up during biofeedback uh, mindfulness sessions, can really help to put the behavior and content that this isn't the quote unquote in education bad kid right this this is not a bad no. child this is a child we just haven't really figured out how we can create the environment uh where this child can thrive exactly it, that's that's exactly that that sums that sums it up right there yeah absolutely so yeah we can we can we can um tailor our work to that specific child and it's not difficult it's yeah. not difficult we just Keep we keep monitoring and keep looking at that ANS and 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 adjusting, 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 and finally we get to that sweet spot. And before you know it, we've got the kid who used to as soon as you gave him something that he didn't want, uh, you you you'd get a headbutt or a bite or 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 something. Yeah. Now now uh, now what happens is you is you look at that child and you could tell him the same thing, and he'll just look at it and smile and say or or maybe. Um, you know, maybe I'd rather do this. Okay. You know, yeah. it's fine. And, and the relationship is building. And, and so what happens is that fear, that fear of social interaction that you find with the, um, with the, uh, with the ASD impacted child, that fear, um, just calms down and starts to go away. And it's, it's just, it's just amazing and it, it, it really is. So that, um, and I could have not, and now, I, you know, optimal HRV, I think it's, I mean, it's time to talk about optimal HR a little bit because I wouldn't be doing any of this. I tried doing this with other, other pieces of equipment and um, it, it just wasn't working because the, the uh, sensor and optimal HRV uh, as soon as I, as soon as I talked to you, or actually talked to, um, I sent Ina, I think, an uh, email, and Jeff contacted me, and before you know it, I had a sensor that fit on the arm, and now, now I say, well, it's time to breathe, and the, and the, and the, uh, and the children come out with their arms out like this. That's that. awesome. That was, oh, that was going to be it. one of my, one of yeah. my questions yeah. for you, John. There, there's a lot of, there's a lot of folks that have reached out with concern that work with similar po similar populations and say, hey, I'm a little nervous about the, the device that you know we need to use to track. So 
it sounds like your experience has not been bad at all. Not been bad. No, it's, it's, it's been, uh, it's been amazing, far exceeding my expectations. Um, Kids are happy to put it on and happy. I mean, in all honesty, I work, I work with another, another company for, for three years prior and, um, and, and ask for uh, something and, you know, it, they just oh, I can't do it. It's third, third, they take a third party. We can't do that. And, um, you, you know, just, uh, so, okay. And, and, um, uh, I mean, it was what a week, 10 days. And, 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 uh, and, and, and I was, uh, I was up and running and, and I was great grabbing so much data and I was able to do this continuously, uh, continuously monitoring the, a, the, the ANS on these individual students continuously do it without any stress or, or, or uh, loss of time because I'm always working with them. And, and so I'm using it differently. I'm not training them, so to speak. We're not, you know, that will come. Yeah, I, there, there, are, there are two uh, students that um, have been working with HRV for some time, about a year. And they actually can train, they actually in the in the uh, in the morning, a lot of times that's the first thing we do is we train with them, and also we, we and, and they're only uh, they're only I think seven and nine. Oh, but, that's but, so uh, cool! Yeah, yeah, and we train with them, and and we and we take their HRV for the day. I said, "Wow, you're going to have a great day." And now these are these are children that are impacted, but they're going to Gen Ed. That doesn't happen very often, you know that, Matthew. Yeah, it doesn't happen that often, uh, really. We have, we have four children. One's moving out of ASD, going to level, and we have three going to Gen Ed. That is amazing. That's amazing. <laughs> and that couldn't happen. It couldn't happen without HRV, and it couldn't happen without monitoring that ANS. And and letting go of the drama, you know, we we um, we uh, we just gave up on the drama and when we said <laughs> direction. Such, such, yeah. such good life lessons awesome. for everybody there, right? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. So so it's so exciting. I, I mean, I, I just got goosebumps all over because this is you know my I I have this. You know, and, and we're still in such a time, I, I would say, especially in education, where it's innovation. Like, like you know, I, I, I have dreams of like a, a HRV informed classroom, like how we can, because social emotional education, especially for students uh, with, with trauma, you know, uh, whether autism is a part of that or not, I mean, they're, they're, we're just failing those students in traditional education. And there's so much great work being done to rectify that. I, I just think that everything you said, if a teacher could have that information, if a, uh, you know, a para could uh, work with a teacher to, to monitor that, if this could be part of social emotional education to, to help students quantify their emotional states, because we ask sometimes very young children to give us feedback on how they're doing internally. And I'm totally supportive of that, but we, we kind of don't have a way to adjust that, uh, you know, of, of how those transitions go from 
the the lunchroom to the hallway <laughs> yes. to you know yes. for for my special ed students that those were so so difficult could we do those could we keep them in general ed if we just let them transition in a different way and all those things that you're talking about i i really see you as a pioneer in this of here's how to do this with uh uh historically population we haven't been all that successful with if we're going to be honest educationally and uh i just you know i'm just so thrilled to work with you because what you say i think translates into all kinds of different students who might be struggling academically maybe their behaviors are fine but their ans it's hard to focus uh maybe it's adhd uh you know all these maybe it's trauma or a combination because all these things we put labels on that are often way more connected than our labels account for and could we help get these children off these medication regiments that and i'm not anti-medication i've seen medication change life but i'm sure you've seen in this population too you look at the medication regimen, it's just like, well, this fails, so let's try something else. But we never took them off the thing that wasn't working. We just add and add and add. And, you know, if we could, you know, at least limit the side effects of some of those, um, again, not anti-medication by any stretch, but, you know, if, if this medication isn't improving heart rate variability, maybe it's not the right medication and maybe we could try something else you know, and, and be just not piling on eight medications. I could tell you some horror stories about uh, the number of medication as a lot of our students had got on by the time age 18 hit them. So I'm just so excited about what you're doing. Thank you. Thank you. So yeah, I would, I would, so. yeah, I would, so. I would love to ask a question. Where do you see this going? Uh, the technology <laughs> is only going to get better. I know we just got off a call with our developers. The app's only going to get better. Um, the readers are only going to get better. So, so where do you, as you look at sort of being new to this field, uh, relatively new, even though I know you got some years of experience now behind you, what what do you see looking ahead about where this could really impact um, education? Well, right now, right now in our classroom, I work with a teacher. She actually has two sons that are impacted. Hmm. And um, she is um, an ASD expert, you know, and um, all this work that we're doing um, is happening in her classroom. And we are having remarkable success. Now, in our district, um, what, what I want to see happen in, you know, it has to start somewhere. Yeah. What I want to see happen in our district is, is I want um, all the ASD and level rooms to operate the same way, using, using, um, using a monitoring system for the students ANS and tailoring the work, um, continuously tailoring the work for it. And it's not difficult to do. It's not, it's not difficult to do. There, there is so much um, curriculum available that being able to make, to, to tailor it for, and keep them moving along, keep them moving along because we're there, we're there for the student. The student's not there for us. I mean, we don't have to, we, we can't demand the student to, um, to act like a neurotypical, well, yeah. 
I mean, that that's what we're we've we've been doing as far as I. And then finally, when it gets to a point where we've decided, well, they're not going to act like a neurotypical. So then we give up on them and right. just well, well, we'll keep them happy. We, yeah. You know, would you like? Yeah, would you um, would you like a skittle? Uh, yeah, you know, yeah. have a skittle and take a break. Yeah. And, and so we don't have to do any of that. We can continue continually work with the work the, work with the child. All all populations, as you say, uh, AS, uh, ASD. Um, there's there are students out there who uh, it said, oh, they're cognitively impaired. So, uh, they should be in a CI classroom. Turns out um, they suffer from a lot of anxiety, yeah. and they and, and they can't connect with their cognitive. We we had a we had a student like that who for for for, for um, uh, two years was um, was in a cognitively uh, cognitively impaired category, and um, next year his third grade he's uh, Jeanette, and uh, he, he's, that's he's, amazing. Yeah, he had so much. He had so much. It was a. Um, uh, he, 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 English was his second language, and he and he was, and he was so he so much anxiety about speaking and and mm-hmm. and um, you know being self conscious and that kinds of thing. Once we got that worked out, and uh, his he, he started to read real you know he started to read, and his level picked up, and he's he's go he's going to Jenna. That's amazing. And yeah. I love it. And, so and I, just, I, I just love now, what you No, go ahead. Go ahead. No, I, I'm just saying this is, you know, and this is a time in, in, in elementary to really zero, zero in on it. Yeah. And yeah. just yeah. we we have the tools and 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 I know the pharmaceutical industry and they, you know, and all and 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 and, and uh, some of the interventions, pharmaceutical interventions, some of them are good, but there's way t- too much of it. Yeah. Yeah. And it's, and like you say, it's, it's like, well, let's take a shot at this. Let's try this. Well, we don't do, we don't have to do that anymore. No, no, we can zero right in on what we want to help, where we want to help this child, how we want to help this child, put a plan together and implement it that same day. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, and, 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 and the whole classroom, then the level, of the classroom, the the vibrational level, because you know if you know that each individual has that has that um, uh, uh, electromagnetic field around them, whether and 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 so so when you get um, when you when you get somebody that's 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 up there in the frequencies that are that are not in the the, the one hertz the in balance with the with the with the with the earth. Then, then things start to, you know. So the classroom's somewhere else, and yeah. you don't want to. You want to. You want to be. You want to be in a in a in a in a situation where um a, a, where a, where a coherent um, learning um, kind of um, environment is uh, created, and that is not. It's not that. It's not that difficult to do with with any population of. Uh, child so awesome that's so great and, and i think your uh, last statement john is really interesting too i mean just the application in general education not just 
yeah. you know, the, the specific population that you're working with, no. Matt's worked with so much in the past, but folks that are in education that might be listening, you know, it, 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 there's, there's interesting, uh, you know, applications here across the board. So, you know, hopefully uh, some other folks are, uh, you get the wheels turning. I'm, I'm sure that's going to be the case. It's, it's a very, it's just a super cool story. And, if you're you know, not, if you're not, if you're in education and you're not using this modality, you're just, you're just not coming to the job fully equipped. That's, yeah. that's, that's, that's the bottom line. I love it. And I mean, as somebody who was stuck with the behaviors, like I had this whole plan, I could never get it funded of using like Palm Pilots back in 2002 to track behaviors because we couldn't, we couldn't really get under the skin, you know, and, and knowing that what, what the behaviors we saw, what, what I wanted to do was track environmental stimulus around the behavior and hone in on it. But, you know, looking inside the skin at the core of why the behavior happens, just, I mean, we talk about quality outcomes and uh, just, you know, you know, just increasing our ability uh, to, to help understand what this individual needs to be successful. I mean, it just, just saves so much time. And with, with this population, we want to get them back in general education. We, we want them to, to be successful in that classroom and support the educators in helping them be successful. And this, that's why I'm just so excited about what you're doing because, you know, not having that, we, we just had to fail so many more times uh, before we found that right mix of uh, relational support or uh, occupational therapy or sensory stimulation, all these different things of what works for that individual. So it's so exciting what, what you're doing. I would love to kind of uh, lead us out, Jeff, unless you got uh, anything else uh, to follow up with this, but I, I, I wanna take advantage of this to ask a little bit of a different uh, question on this because one of the things that I think we're, we're sometimes missing with our, uh, just and let's just talk about the, the business world, whether that business is education, whether that's automotive, uh, uh, world, but but one of the things that I think we've also not done a great job in our diversity conversations historically is talking about uh, neurodiversity. Uh, I know it's something that we've thought a lot about. Uh, you know, I've I've had uh, I've I've connected with some great organizations uh, in the the computer development world um, that that employ folks on uh, with autism uh, and setting up environments where they succeed. So, uh, if I could just throw out a question uh, that you may not have thought anything about, but I got to take the opportunity. Um, having had your feet solidly in the corporate world for uh, a lot of your career. Uh, and having also worked with those 18 to 21 year olds, um, you know, I, I would just love if you have any advice uh, for people that might not be in education, but might be in the position to hire uh, folks that, you know, have this neurodiverse background and, and you know, what, what they might be able to do to, to diversify their workforce in a way that's going to also make them a better business uh, and sort of maximize some of the unique skills uh, that this population that we both love uh, uh, could bring to their uh, culture. Well, HRV, HRV, HRV training, okay, in, in, uh, in, the, in the business world, that's a real interesting situation because in the, in the business world, um, 
it's um, it's this very you know it's very competitive, right? It's very competitive. People even that are on the same team compete with each other. Yes. Uh, they'll, they'll, you know, and and uh, it's it's um, uh, stress um, is a huge factor. Stress and anxiety. So now, the this is this is in HR. This is leaking into HR. Yeah. So so so. Um, so these individuals that make the decision in HR about whether or not we're going to hire somebody who, who is on the spectrum or not, or, or, or has this disability or that one, mm-hmm. um, you know, uh, they don't want to be the one that did it. And then it turns out to be a, a failure or yeah. something, you know? So where the first thing that has to happen, this is, this is my opinion. This is the first thing that has to happen is that these teams, these HR teams and the individual teams in a, in a corporate organization, they need HRV training. They need HRV training so that they're, they're, they go to a, rather than a reaction when they hear something, they have a response. They need to access they need not to, they're in fight flight more than you think. They're, and and they're, they're, in that, they're in that limbic system yeah. more than yeah. you think. And, oh, yeah. and that is a problem. And so those teams, those neurotypical teams need HRV. At that point, they'll, their cognitive will help them see the advantages of having a neurodiverse organization. Yeah. The power that that will give them. Well, but they're not gonna see it right away, but with, with HRV training, and, and I think, I mean, that is the number one, the number one thing that restricts people, that stress, that, um, that and, and a lot, it's a lot of it is that they, they go right to fight flight and right to fight, fight, or, fight or flight and freeze or you know whatever uh, yeah and i I would just say well what i learned too i don't know if you've seen this and this this is i think a huge lesson for the corporate world as well is what works for the 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 population we're talking about works for us too like like it's almost like uh you know i i learned self-soothing like through this you know if, if you're like i just thought okay if we can create a business environment where uh, a neurodiverse population can thrive. Like I said, if you create a trauma-sensitive classroom, it just doesn't allow a population that we've failed with historically to succeed. It really is great for everybody's neurobiology as well. So while some of the behaviors or, you know, uh, frustrations that might hit one worker or a student might be a little bit more obvious, uh, really, we're talking about a neuro-friendly environment where everybody can thrive. And yeah. there's almost the opposite going on, I, I think, in a lot of corners of the business world uh, the, right now that, that there's a huge lesson here. And I, I would just encourage our business listeners to say, these folks will teach you so much and you create an environment where they can thrive. That investment is going to pay off Uh with everybody because you're just going to have a healthier workforce so these folks are to me as, as i like to say and i know we're, we're getting close to time here they've been my greatest teachers like 
I've not, you know, I've got master's degrees psychology. Probably about the first week working with this population, I learned just as much as I did in three years of grad school. Uh, so, I mean, they're, they're, they are great teachers. And again, what the lessons learned there just translate uh, so well. I have a weighted blanket I sleep under every night uh, because I saw that that regulation works so well for this population. It's like, well, why not? I'm not a great sleeper. Why not try this? And I'll never give that up. <laughs> you know, the, those sort of things. Uh, bouncing. I, I, I just okay. saw a bouncy chair change several students' lives when they got they got regulated. And now I, I do bouncing. Like, I just jump up and down a little bit when I get stressed out, shake it off. You know, those lessons have been so important to me. They're good lessons. And, it's amazing. Uh, yes, we, 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 we definitely learn a lot from that population. No question. Awesome. Well, John, this has been so great. I think our listeners are, are you know, just going to take a lot of encouragement and excitement from, from the great work that you're doing. Hopefully it opens the minds, gets some folks that are in education thinking about how they can start to do some of the things that you are. Um, really just appreciate the time uh, sharing your story with us and all of our listeners. It's, it's uh, been my pleasure. Thank you for the opportunity. It never would have happened if you uh, if you had had uh, provided me with that uh, sensor. So I, I I really that really made a change. So thanks thanks so much. I had the I, I had the concept, but I didn't have the tools. All the tools I need that last piece. And since I've got that last piece, we are we are moving ahead. So thank you so much. Awesome. No, thank you, John. Really appreciate it. Excellent. Such a pleasure. Thanks to everybody for tuning in today. Hopefully, uh, you know, this was a, certainly an enlightening uh, episode for me. So I'm sure all of our listeners will agree. So thanks. As usual, anybody's interested, www.optimalhrb.com. Um, feel free to reach out. We're, we're always looking for, for other folks trying to accomplish what John is. So thanks, everybody. <laughs>